I think in my first week there, I had to, um, like when pieces of legislation would be passed, uh, they would have to be taken to an office to send to the White House to be signed into law. So like, I think in my first week there, I had to transport this document to an office to be signed into law by the president worth like $80 billion. And I was just like a dumb teenager. I'm like, that girl's really cute. <laughs> like, it's so fucking crazy. But so, like, so we're just around it. But so, I think also in the first week, I was in the Senate lobby, like, talking to someone, like, just standing, you know, talking to them. And I felt an arm go around my shoulder. And uh, it was, at that time, junior Senator Barack Obama. But, like, he, yeah, just put his arm around my shoulder and just, like, talked to us for, like, ten minutes. And, like, treated us like human beings. And, like, that was the craziest part about that experience is seeing how these high-level people treat people that they don't have to treat well. Hey, everybody. This is Tom Gauss, uh, host of Leaving the Tribe. Um, new episode. Uh, I know it's been a while. Uh I appreciate you guys being patient with me. Uh, a lot of people asked uh, when the next episode's coming up. And long story short, I think I needed a, a, a break from podcasting for a second. Uh, my other show ended. A lot. Of, I had a lot of change in my life. Um, and I think I got overwhelmed. Um, I'm still figuring out exactly what the schedule is. but And I will be announcing that. But there are going to be consistent episodes. Um from this point on uh and so i thank you for all staying subscribed and all that uh, if you're not subscribed please subscribe um give us a review or me a review i guess it's one man operation um and that's all greatly appreciated uh but today's episode is with brent schmidt and uh we had such a good conversation we actually didn't get as much to all the things i that there were specific things i wanted to get to with them and i we didn't get to them at a certain level, I was like, I don't want to force it. This is such a great conversation, talking about stuff that really matters to me. I don't want to ruin this conversation. And we also talk about something very interesting, which is uh, him being a page in Washington, D.C. for the Senate, uh, and how that kind of shifted his you know, view on politics and the culture and completely changed the things he wanted to do. It was a very kind of uh, exclusive program that he got to be a part of he lived in the capital uh I, I believe in the capital or one of the buildings that are somehow related he says on the show i apologize i don't want to screw up the specific details but it, it's very interesting his take uh after spending times time daily with uh senators and um and evolved into a bunch of different conversations and so he will be he will be coming back uh, to speak about more about um, you know other things that uh, I want to speak to them about, but that this episode is great. Uh, I'm really glad that I could re-kick this off with uh, with this episode, and uh, I really appreciate you guys for listening. Um, you can follow you know follow Brent on the social medias; it'll be in the show notes. Uh, you can follow me; it's in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you for listening once again. I, I really apologize for the hiatus. But um, we're back. Uh, please enjoy this episode with Brent Schmidt. 
with the beginning of that. I've kind of come to terms with like, you know, like you said, your your mom was a secretary, mm-hmm. your dad was a cop, my dad was a construction worker, my mom is a teacher. Yeah. Uh, there's also like those kinds of jobs are also like so looked down upon yeah. nowadays, or at least at least on the coasts. Well, and like the, if it weren't wasn't for nine eleven, no one would give a fuck about firefighters in LA. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, you're right. It's nothing that people aspire to these days. Yeah, and it's a really beautiful. And I guess you know, to be fair, like I I, I didn't end up doing this, but actually, as a kid, I like I wanted to I wanted to join the Coast Guard, and they're like, "You're too fucking crazy, dude." And then I wanted to join the fire department. They're like, "You're too fucking crazy, <laughs> dude." And then, I mean, you probably could have joined the police department. That's where the oh, crazies end up. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. They would not have. I was, I did, did, yeah, no, there was too, there was too much red ink in my fucking mental health chart. Yeah. yeah. To, I mean, maybe now I could. Yeah. Cause I mean, I been, think they're desperate. Even my dad said, like he says all the time, it's a bad time to be a cop. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure. Well, there's also just like, in terms of like the technology and in terms of like, I don't know. There's there's many good cops, but fucking yeah. a lot of a lot of the bad cops ruin it for the good cops. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about that institution is like it gives power. Like it it bestows power and like yeah, it's not a job that a lot of people grow up wanting. It doesn't pay well. Yeah. So, like the people that end up in it, like even my dad my dad didn't want to be a cop. What did he want? He be? wanted to be a firefighter, but it was a small town in South Dakota. He didn't have a lot of options, and it was the same test for both. So the police or the fire department wasn't hiring, but the police department was. So he just took the job at the police department, and then was a cop for like twenty five years. Huh. <laughs> so I think there are a lot of like instances like that where people are just like. I don't know. Fuck it. I saw a billboard to join the LAPD. I don't have anything yeah. else going on. Yeah. And those are the people you want enforcing the law. Exactly. <laughs> yes. The people with guns enforcing order. You want you want the guy with the gun sitting there going, God, I wish I was in a burning building right now. <laughs> yeah. That would be more fun yeah. than this. Way more glamorous. I, I, I haven't filled out my, my punch a black guy punch card for the day. I got. Yeah. Gotta go. Yeah, it's 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 all it's all it's just very corruptible. And I think like current social media and all that, I think I think it's going to be way worse in 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I don't see many things getting better. I mean, like we'll have better like medical technology and shit like that. And like, yeah, but also the insurance companies have more fucking control than they ever have. So that doesn't mean that it'll even get to the people. Yeah. It'll just be for the rich. Right. But I mean like, yeah, technology will continue to advance, but I think the like societal directions we're going toward, like it's not, nothing looks great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's improved. Well, and even with social progress that people will talk about, is like, some of it's some of it's like oh yeah 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 like okay, you look at gay rights, it's all gotten better, but you look at other things it's like okay yeah yeah no that the, there's two there's two things have gotten better and thirty that have gotten worse. Well, and even the things that have gotten better like the Republicans in Congress and shit are trying to roll those back. Uh, yeah, it's it's and it's amazing. It, it seems like. 
Yeah, it's amazing how easy how easy it is to get shit done as a president if you don't care if it makes you unlikable. Yeah, and like all these things where like they're saying like presidents aren't allowed to do this, and then he just does the thing, and then no one stops it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it because they're not career politicians; they're thinking about the afterward. Well, there's also you know he has more fucking uh support in the 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 background offices than most you know past yeah. presidents but i think there's also a freedom to like you know just fucking do whatever and because I, this is what i care about when i get out of office who get like who gives a shit yeah well and yeah what, I what, mean, are, you, what are you gonna do to take away my business that makes me all this money yeah that's that's this that's not even my plan B. This is the plan B. The presidency was his plan B. Yeah. He doesn't care. No. So he'll just do whatever the fuck he wants because they're in, unless he gets impeached. But like, there's I, not really any consequences unless he goes to jail. Like what the fuck? Like, I don't even know that he wants most of it. I think he just wants the attention. Yeah. Which is why I get mad when people give him so much attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, but I mean, the whole day thing. 400 of Donald just shut. Stop talking about him. Yeah. He wants you to talk about yeah. him. Like every stop time tweeting you, at you, him. Yeah. At reply him like that's it's just getting his numbers up. And yeah, he likes numbers. hatred puts blood in his dick. Yeah. To fucking make him flaccid. Stop talking about him. But the like the whole system is like I was a Senate page in D.C. Uh, in the fall of 2005. Uh-huh. So it was like junior in high school and all of a sudden I'm just like working on the Senate floor. Yeah, that's right. You 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 told me about this yeah. I think uh, a couple times ago we, we hung out. Yeah. Is yeah, working yeah, you worked on this on the floor of the Senate. Yeah, the US Senate like it's crazy because like, like the real one, the real you, one. You weren't doing some fucking mock UN no. shit. You were literally working. Yeah, like bring Ted Kennedy his water. <laughs> Did you really do that? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like Ted, Ken- I got to play with Ted Kennedy's dogs in the basement of the Capitol. That's so weird. <laughs> What's that basement like? Um, I mean, it's such an old building. It's all like. It's like yellow painted, like concrete blocks. Uh-huh. It's very Is it claustrophobic. In, yeah. I mean, not really, because like they have like a. Little- it was just made for smaller people. Smaller people, and it was just made for like utility shit. So like, so now that like the pipes and all the stuff run down there, um, but then there's also like a little breakfast spot that was pretty cool. Like Uh you could get breakfast in the Capitol. Yeah. Um, and the uh, there are these underground trams that run from the Senate office buildings to Uh um, like to the Capitol. Okay. So, uh, so like that's how we would get to work every morning. We would walk to one of the Senate office buildings and then take this underground tram like to the Capitol. And then, and the uh, this is just like a stupid fact. The we would take the elevators up, and the elevators were all old coal shafts because like the whole Capitol used to be heated by coal. Uh huh. Um. So I mean, so yeah, we just learned like tons of little shit about that. Yeah. Like that. Like that kind of stuff because. We had free reign of the capital. Like, it was crazy. You guys could just run around. Because, like, everyone working there knows the uniform of pages and knows that, like, we always have shit to do and, like, we're in a hurry, whatever. So, like, we just kind of got to go wherever and do whatever. And, like, it was this crazy access. But you're also, like, a fucking shitty, jaded teenager. Yeah. Like, everyone in the program is 16 or 17. So within, like, two weeks, 
it kind of loses the luster. Like you forget that like, oh shit, this is all stuff of like historical importance. Like there were like Supreme Court appointments while I was there. Like, like all this shit, like uh, it was the fall of Hurricane Katrina. Like all that stuff was going on. Oh, you were there for her? Yeah. Yeah. So and like, did you guys have to duct tape the doors while you guys were working? There? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like after, like while New Orleans was underwater and yeah. like the government wasn't doing anything, we were there for all the debates on that stuff. What 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 did you get to hear? I mean, it's it's all stuff that's broadcast on C-SPAN two that no one pays attention to. Okay. But like that was an interesting thing about it is uh, seeing who spoke and how often because like there are only a hundred senators. And Senate's in session five days a week, most of the year, you know, sort of like business hours. Right. Um, but there, there's usually someone speaking. So that's a lot of time to fill up. Yeah. Like, so there were senators, like there was a senator from North Dakota. He would give three speeches, but like just rotate through the speeches. So he had these like poster boards and shit like that. And it was like the same ones all the time. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Like, did you get picked to fill time this year? Like, is that your role in the Senate right now? What 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 kind of things would he talk about? Or did he did he have to talk about North Dakota shit or just like? No, I mean, like they'll make allusions to you know their constituents and that kind of stuff. But like, right. that was also the time when uh, they were figuring out how much money was being wasted through private contractors in Iraq. Right. So like. So I like would see the poster boards of, with their speeches of like pallets of cash. And like what's crazy is like all of the C-SPAN and C-SPAN 2 stuff is archived online. So like all the footage from all the sessions is there. So a while ago I just picked a random date from the time that I was there. And I was like I just want to watch like see me on fucking C-SPAN 2. See my friends and like see what was going on. Yeah. And... The first hour of the session was uh, was like open debate. Excuse me, and uh, they were talking about the the waste through military contract or private contractors yeah. in Iraq, and the Democrats <clears throat> would say like, "This money isn't going to our soldiers; it's going to these corporations. Like, it's a complete waste. Like, we're being charged thousands of dollars for like a hammer." Like, all this kind of shit. And then right. the re- Republicans would get their speech time, and they'd be like, do you hear that? They said they don't support our troops. <laughs> they want to take money from our troops. And then it goes back to the Democrats, and they're like, no, we said this money isn't even going to them. Like, that's the problem. Like, we we totally support the troops. It's just not for them. And the Republicans are like, you heard it. They're, they're saying they don't support the troops. And then after that first hour of open debate was a vote for a piece of legislation to provide uh, Humvee armor for the army in Iraq. And the Republicans voted it down, down the line. Really? <laughs> like, it's Jesus. so like, and that was the thing about being there is realizing it's like, it's kind of blatant corruption. It's all show. Yeah. Like it's, it's like a false, like there's no actual opposition. They're all funded by the same people. And that was the craziest thing is like, seeing them off camera and realizing like oh they're all mostly friends like the democrats and the republicans yeah. and they'd scream at each other but then they and then they out. step in the hall and they're like talking about cooking fish i'm just like what the fuck is going and i'm i'm like a 17 year old who's like always felt like an outsider and like you know wanted to get into government to like try to make a difference and then 
I'm there, I'm in this like crazy opportunity and I'm watching it and like my second day there, I'm like, oh, it's all bullshit. Right. Like none of this is real. None of it matters. Like the people that come in idealistic get beat down by the system and either become part of the system or continue to try to fight it and then lose all their money and can't, you know, campaign properly to win again because it's all fucking money. Yeah. Like it was so crazy to see. Like, as a 17-year-old, just like, what? So none this of this is, is real. Yeah, this is how it works. This is America. It's, a, it's the WWE. Like, it's professional wrestling. <laughs> like, it's the same shit. And it's like, that's our whole country. And, like, a country that controls the world. And it's like, who's really running this then? Yeah. Who? I mean, who would you say, like... What was your takeaway, or did you just did you uh, did you just go? I guess it's chaos in the pursuit of power, money. Like yeah. I mean, faceless money. I mean, faceless to the public, but like yeah. the people who are having their campaigns and shit financed, and like the people who bow to the will of this money, so when they leave office, they can get two hundred thousand dollars speaking gigs. Yeah, like we don't. We'll never see those people. But those are the people influencing policy. Like, the, there are companies that, like, write legislation for senators and representatives. Right. And then they present and vote on that legislation on the fucking House and Senate floor. And it's written by companies. So, obviously, companies are not going to be hard on themselves. Yeah. They're going to write the shit so they can wiggle around as much as possible and take advantage of as much as possible. And, like... Yeah, it was. Uh, and that's usually that's usually the lobbyists who are doing that as representatives for the company. Yeah. Well, and we, so we we had a, a school that was just for us. The program is only like thirty kids from the country, like uh -huh. per semester. So how we, many semesters did you do it? Just one semester. One semester, and so you like it was a it was semester of high school. You yeah. were there. Yeah. Okay. So like, so we had a residence. And where were you coming from? South Dakota. South uh, Sturgis, South Dakota. And they take just random – I'm sure there's some sort of competitive process. Yeah, so, this. like, the senators get rotating spots. Yeah. So, like, there are 30 total, uh, but the Senate majority gets, like, I think, like, 18, and the minority gets 12. Uh-huh. And then those are divided up among the senators on, like, a rotating basis. So I just got lucky that the senator from – one of the senators from South Dakota had a spot the year that I applied. Right. So, like, I don't know how I got in. Like – Yeah. Because, like, that was the uh, – this is relating to a conversation we had before. Were you a really we, good student? I was a smart kid. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, you know, I could, like – You're, like, not Washington, <laughs> D.C. smart. <laughs> I mean – it was like the crazy thing was getting there and like getting to know all of the other pages. Like a good chunk of them came from families that were like major financial contributors to campaigns. Right. So like, or you know, their grandparents were or whatever. So like they had some connection to these people and I'm just like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just put a stamp on an envelope they with a dream. Was, that was a different French Schmidt. <laughs> But yeah, so like, so it was, I don't know, this, it kind of feels like, um, like secret society type shit where it's like Illuminati breeding grounds, like not quite that level. Like, you know, we didn't have but like, that was the, 
that was the energy that yeah because like yeah. bill clinton was a page like there are i think bill gates was a page like there are all these like super successful people that have been in these programs yeah. um and like i think i'm the only page from my class that uh, doesn't have a college degree so okay. <laughs> so really really out here crushing it um but yeah it's uh i don't know it's it's just a fascinating thing and like realizing the resources that go into a program like that. Right. Like it's, it's insane amounts of money. Just like the page program. Yeah. Cause like we got paid, we lived in this like crazy residence hall, uh, in the basement of our residence hall was a school just for us. So like my biggest class when I was a page was six people. And the, all of our teachers were like high level professors at universities in DC. Wow. Yeah. So it's this like super like, and we, every, every Saturday we would have like a field trip. Uh, every Sunday they would, uh, get some sort of like ethnic food, uh, for all of us. Like uh-huh. there were all these like things where it's like, it's a lot of money. And like, we always had armed Capitol police at the front door of our building. Like, wow. dude, when we did fire drills, this is crazy. Our residence hall was right by a park that had a lot of homeless people in it. And when we would do fire drills, Capitol police would block off all of the surrounding streets and escort us with machine guns into this park where they would kick all the homeless people out for a fire drill. Was, was so like, were, were these, were the other kids, were they like, were they all, I don't know, like fucking, they, were they all like, how connected were the ones that you were hanging out with to that kind of like upper 1%? It varies. Like uh, the kid from Montana who was like a good dude, he was just like a goober. Yeah. Uh, his dad had like oil money in Montana and I think he was like the montana house majority leader or something like that right he was montana important yeah exactly which is enough to like have the ear of like the senator of montana sure yeah um yeah a lot of people i think their families like i think it was a lot of like grandparents connections like that kind of thing sure Um, yeah but yeah like two people out of the like 28 in our class went to west point like West Point is that the military the academy? Army. Uh, yeah. That's like, yeah. For uh, so you want to be a general? That's where you totally. Yeah, and like the dude that was our class president, like at that time, I was like, this dude's gonna be a general. Yeah, like it's and yeah, he went to West Point. Like it's crazy, um, but I mean, like everyone there. Did you get along with them? Were they all nice? Yeah, I mean, there were a couple different, you know. <laughs> Dipshits. Sure, but sure. it's like anytime you get a group of people. Yeah. Um, the the worst was uh, the kid from like the rich part of Boston. Oh yeah. Where he he was he went to like a a private like school where like you live on the campus East, and like East Coast prep. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. No, I went to a mid. I mean, I went to a Midwest boarding school for didn't last long. Uh, <laughs> didn't last long. A long time ago, I had some. Uh, had some decent smarts and was very, uh, the, you know, I, I had, uh, I was in some top percentiles and I took a bunch of anti. So, yeah, well, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> I, I think we've had sort of similar paths. Yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of mental breakdowns that led me to living in a kitchen in mm-hmm. a former crack house. 
but no no regrets but yeah no those those i mean that's actually what i was thinking about is so that that's cool i got i got in i got in i think mostly because my mom went there okay and then i got financial aid and stuff like that and grants because of a combination of like you know there is like there's like nepotism to that kind of thing yeah but they were also like yeah but they're they're this this is no longer a money family uh you know um not not that my my family is poor but they're they are compared to the other kids that were going there and uh uh and it was bizarre seeing kind of like this weird this weird culture i'd never seen anywhere else and you had to wear a tie to school and you had to Dude, sit a certain way, and you you had a you know it was it was, uh, uh you know you know, oh what is what is your dad do he uh, he owns he owns fucking Crown Royal oh okay <laughs> oh dad okay when your dad oh he owns the Chicago Wolves <laughs> is owning doing a thing I don't know is owning doing is. And then they asked me, I was like, my dad works in construction. And they'd also get very like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, just for a second. They were all nice people, and it was only with some of them. But yeah. Was, you know, and they were also, the, the, that school did a good job getting people of different backgrounds at that school. They really took initiative uh, doing that. But you see, we called them the day students. The day students didn't live on campus. Okay. And it was in a very wealthy area. So they'd they, they live in these mansions and they'd come to school. And then, you know, the dorm I was in used to be the horse stable. It was like, it was just very, we, we kind of, we kind of, sometimes we talked down to them or we, we didn't like them because they were like, there's difference from like, oh, my family's comfortable and what the fuck the, there's this upper echelon. Thing. Yeah. Well, and there was. We, I don't see it anymore because I don't live near them anymore. I have no connection. I mean, they're in the hills. They're in the hills. And the LA version, the West Coast version looks so different than yeah. that East Coast version. Yeah. That's. It's like disturbing. It's like incestuous. It feels incestuous, kind of. And it feels. Sorry, I, mean, I went on a whole. Oh, no. But I mean, like, it, it that was an interest. And, like, I got along with most of the people there, but, like, it was interesting just seeing, like, a difference in lifestyle. Because, yeah, I'm from a small town in South Dakota. Like, yeah. we never starved, but, like, we weren't, we were never well off. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But, like, these kids, like, they would just take, like, weekend trips. Like, just, like, going up the coast, uh, you know, like, going wherever. And it's like, oh, like, we like it was like tough to fly here because we had to buy a last minute ticket. Right. <laughs> like, I can't just go. Yeah. Um, you guys can just leave for places and like, yeah, I don't know. It was, um, but yeah, I like most of the people there were fine. It was just this, um, I don't know. It's, it's such a weird formative experience to have because like, it seems so alien now. Cause like all these people, like people running for president and shit for the last 15 years since I was a page, like I have personal experience with like a bunch of them. Really? Like, it's crazy. What, I mean, like even who? like, like, uh, within our first week, uh, working there, we would, some of us would be on the Senate floor. Um, but the ones that weren't were in the Senate lobby and that's like where we would do our homework, which like, even that is kind of crazy. Like we would do our homework in the lobby of the U S Senate. 
Yeah, that's fucking insane. <laughs> it's pretty weird. I, I'm just like, I, I feel dumb for going on the rant about a boarding school <laughs> I went to. When you went to you like this sounds like this sounds like a bad Disney sitcom. The premise: and we're going to take a bunch of random high schoolers from across the country who don't know each other. Then we're going to make them f- fetch water for Joe Biden. Or yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, and like, I think in my first week there, I had to. Um, like when pieces of legislation would be passed, uh, they would have to be taken to an office to send to the White House to be signed into law. So like I think in my first week there, I had to transport this document to an office to be signed into law by the president worth like $80 billion. And I was just like a dumb teenager. I'm like, that girl's really cute. <laughs> like it's so fucking crazy. But so like, so we're just around it. But so... I think also in the first week I was in the Senate lobby, like talking to someone, like just standing, you know, talking to them. And I felt an arm go around my shoulder. And uh, it was at that time, junior Senator Barack Obama. Wait, junior Senator? Because so like each state has two senators. Uh The one that's been there the longest is the senior senator. So like he he had just been elected. Gotcha. A year before. Um but he just like I love that. That's the part of like, wait, Junior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like he, yeah, just put his arm around my shoulder and just like talked to us for like ten minutes and like treated us like human beings and like that was the craziest part about that experience is seeing how these high level people treat right because we're just fucking kids getting their water or getting their lectern for when they're speaking right like, right delivering the messages shit like that so um. So, yeah, the ones that realize, like, oh, hey, these are just fucking kids away from home. And, you know, maybe they could use, like, someone just talking to them. Yeah. Uh, like, that was great, and it meant so much. And then seeing people that, like, when you'd hold a door for them, they wouldn't even look at you. Like, there was a lot of that kind of shit. And it's just like, why, man? Like, even then, like, I was before, like modern hippie-ish psychedelics brent but it was still the thought of like (laughs) hey man like you're still just a dude and like i'm also a dude so like can we fucking chill with this right like it's fine who 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 i mean are you willing to talk shit who was just a fucking asshole um I like it was very funny in uh john mccain's presidential campaign yeah uh him talking about Barack Obama being like a Washington insider. Uh-huh. And it's like that dude wouldn't even acknowledge like junior senators, let alone like staffers or like other people working around it. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Like he was like one of the most elitist people there. Really? Yeah. He's dead now, right? Yeah. Well, right. I'm glad he died. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it was just a lot of like seeing how people would treat their staff was also very interesting. Um, but then, yeah, you would have these like cool moments interacting with these people that like, like Hillary Clinton was actually super cool to me. Uh-huh. Like that's a weird memory to have is just like Hillary Cl- Clinton being like sort of sweet and motherly to me. <laughs> yeah. And just like Ted Kennedy, just talking to me as a person. It's like, dude, you're, you're Ted Kennedy. Like what the yeah, fuck? That that sounds pretty weird. And like, 
What would they even talk about? Were they talking about sports or just? Um, I mean, it varied. Like they would ask, like someone would ask where you're from, and like some of them would remember if they've talked to you, like where you were from, and would like ask you know other stuff. Like, yeah, it was. I mean, it's it's a job. It's like working with people at an office. Like yeah. the same as working at an office. Like you can be an asshole to everybody, right? Or you can also realize like, hey, we're all just kind of working here, so you know, we can be cordial. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I mean, it was just a lot of like basic stuff. Uh, one senator, like an old senator, uh, would like gather us around and like talk to us about American history, like that kind of shit. That sounded uh, like some old guy shit, dude. He was like, I don't know if he was quite in his nineties, but he was close. He looked. He looks like yeah. It was. It was. Yeah. He was an old senator from West Virginia. That, and, like like. What one that sounds like some real old guy shit too? That sounds kind of awesome. Like it's rad that's as the fuck. Best version of the old guy shit. Is totally, you're a senator, and you want to talk about U.S. history. Yeah, like you're one of the longest serving current senators, and like you just want to like tell us about American history because you're fucking stoked about it, right? Even though you do have some historical ties to the KKK. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, that must be kind. That must be kind. I guess there was le- less public scandals with government and out it. Like, did, how much? How much shit did you like? I mean, it's, know about that while you were there. Well, what's interesting is I don't know if you remember the Mark Foley scandal. I don't. So that was a scandal. This is, I was a Senate page, and there's also a House page program. Okay, and like the House representatives has like five times the members of the Senate. So they have way more uh, pages and stuff as well. Right. Uh, so we considered ourselves like the more elite. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Hilarious. And we would Hilarious. like, we would like talk shit about like the house pages as if they were trash, but it's like, dude, they're still working in the Capitol as teenagers. Yeah. Like it's still this like insane opportunity. Right. But like, it's just this little edge. Um, but uh, so Mark Foley was a representative and he uh, had like, I don't even, I can't even remember if it was actual sexual relations or if it was just like dirty emails and stuff like that with a house page. And like, I'm pretty sure it happened like while we were there. Oh, shit. it didn't come out until like two years later. But like that also when it did come out, we were all kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's house page garbage. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, so I mean, so there wasn't a ton of that stuff we were exposed to. I mean, we were pretty, pretty isolated in our stuff. Like, you know, we interacted with people, but like we had our program and like everyone kind of knows everyone that works in the Capitol knows that program and kind of just lets us do our thing. Yeah. but it's yeah, it's this crazy insight into like the reality of this system. And I think the way people respond to that and like how it affects their life is kind of interesting. Cuz uh-huh. like for me, I'm like, no, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, what do you remember the cuz you obviously wanted to do it and that's why you you got the job. And do you remember was there a specific moment or was it yeah. It was. Yeah. It was like, because um, we came in in like early September and had a couple days to like, you know, get settled in school and everything. And then this like Senate session started. And then it was only a couple days in 
uh, I had to deliver like a phone message to one of the senators and like it was one of those things where it was like a Democrat and a Republican senator who had just been like arguing on the floor and like having this like, you know, heated thing and they were off the floor and I had to deliver this message. So like when we had to deliver messages, we were told to just like stand until we're noticed and addressed. Uh-huh. Like we were never supposed to initiate contact with senators. Yeah. Like if they talked to us, we could respond, but we weren't supposed to, you know, like even if we had a fucking message for them, like doing our job. So I'm just standing there next to this like couple of senators who had just had this like intense exchange. And I was wondering like, is it like still going on? Like, am I going to get some insider shit? And then it was, what I referred to earlier, they were just talking about cooking fish. And I was like... They were arguing about how to cook fish. No, they were just, like, agreeing, like, talking like old friends, you know, about, like, their different recipes. And, like, and it was just this, like, weird moment of, like, well, what is all of that? Yeah. Like, because that seemed, like, real, like, bile going back and forth between you two. Right. And then, like, off the cameras, like... It's just, it's just like neighbors just like, ah, yeah, you know, you, you got to get the lemon like inside. It's just like, what? So uh, like, it just led to these like cascades of like, I mean, and then over the course of the time I was there, like just noticing shit here and there of like, what? Like, again, like with the speeches and like with some of the senators, like I think Rick Santorum proposed like a resolution to like get rid of divorce or something like that. And it was the thing where I was like I was like falling asleep on the Senate floor and then I heard a couple words and just snapped awake and I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> like this can't be real. Like this can't be for anything. Like this can't mean anything. This is never going to pass. Yeah. So like what is all this? And like it all seems to me just like a show. It's like content. Like they were the first ones to have constant content. Of like C-SPAN right. and C-SPAN 2 of like they constantly have streams of like hearings and all this shit. And it's like, hey, look, all this stuff is going on. People are giving speeches. People are testifying. They're like hearings. But it's like, I don't think any of it. It's still you're just voting on the legislation that was written by the companies that paid for your campaign. Yeah. For those ones that are like obviously not going to pass. Do you think it's just so that they're like building a resume in case they run for president where they go? Yeah. Well, you tried to eliminate divorce, uh, and that's something that I high marriages of high value. And he obviously. Do you think that's what they're doing, or do you think they're literally just sitting there going, "How the fuck do we fill up all this time?" I don't know. Like it's and it's it's weirder to have like distance and perspective on it, right? Um, because it's so foreign from what your life is now. Yeah, and like it seems like someone else's life. I mean, it kind of was. You're a different person. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, like, that was that was probably three Brents ago. Right. That was <laughs> At least. Yeah. But, like, yeah, it's... Uh, it's I don't try to... I always try to do one-word titles for episodes, but three Brents ago is a pretty great <laughs> episode title. Yeah. I mean, that's... Like, I, I like your podcast, and I like this idea because, like... My life has been just, like, trying to find a tribe, I guess. Yeah. And, like, having all these, like, failures where I'm like, I think I got it. Right. And then, like, the reality is, like, ah, oh, but I don't fit in this. 
Right. So like, where do I go now? So that yeah. it, like, so I think like each Brent has been like a different, like, this is the focus now. Yeah. And then it like, either I fall out of love with it or like I'm disillusioned by like the reality of yeah. whatever the thing is. And then it's back to like, well now what? Like, what does life mean again? Yeah. I mean, so it's, it's so interesting cause it's, uh, I, I was actually, I was thinking about this and you're also the first episode back from, there's been a hiatus on the show and you're, you're, you're the, you're the first one back from the hiatus Ooh. and I'm, I'm glad you are. But I, I was thinking about the, the idea of, cause there are people who they have a tribe and they stick with it. What, no matter when it seems to be unhelpful to them or even toxic to them, there are people who are constantly kind of tribe jumping. There's people, there's complete fucking, you know, I myself was, you know, I feel like I spent a lot of time kind of on my own little fucking island, like all these different approaches. And I don't really think any of them are healthy. And I think the closest to healthy is finding your own passions, not putting it into your identity. Yeah. And then finding community. There's a big difference between group thinking and group and community i think people fall very hard into the tribalism aspect yeah because then they were animals and if oh if i'm a part of this this group this tribe then i'm not wrong i am one with the group i i am relieved of thinking i have to i am relieved of uh, you know uh, uh a certain level of loneliness yeah and I, I think I've in my past I've fallen too hard into the loneliness, and I think the trick is yeah. to to allow because I also denied possibilities of community for a long time. Yeah, and well, the trick is to find community and find individuals that can come together that, that that it's healthy to be around, and you don't all have to believe the same thing. You don't all have to agree, and you are working on similar things or you're not totally that has nothing to do with it That has nothing to do with what is what is a healthy kind of group to fall into uh i think it's almost healthier when you all are working on different things and all have totally. different values and i think that's that's i mean that's sorry this is one of the reasons i started this whole podcast and you brought it up and once again i'm going in a less interesting tangent than the two other Brents, but <laughs> it it's, you know, it is, it is, you know, I think, I think people, I think people mistake groups and tribalism for a community. Yeah. And like, <clears throat> I, I've definitely had big chunks of time of like isolation and like yeah. just kind of languishing in the loneliness. And I think part of it is because like, from the time I was a kid, I, I've had this idea of like acceptance or like being part of something or being part of a group. And I think every time consecutively that like I had faith in something and it fell apart. It feels so much worse. Yeah. And it's harder and harder to like get back up and like keep trying. You and feel like, foolish. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, a lot of not all of them. Some of them have nothing but good intentions, but a lot of them. A lot of groups and ideologies and 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 um, fucking schism. What what are the fuck? Whatever you want to call them. A lot yeah. of them prey on the idea that people will be lonely and they will seek something and they will find us. Yeah, they're preying off of those hopes that you will. I'll be a part of something. Perfect. Yeah. That's why there are people who window shop religions. Yeah. 
It's, it's always, I always ran into him like, well, well, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what I believe. I'm like, how do you, how is, how is, <laughs> like, I understand having a belief system in front of, okay, what is a group of people who reflect that? Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you you literally just said, I don't know what I believe. What's your explanation of the what, universe? What have you experienced? <laughs> have you experienced a thing? Did you learn anything? No, I'm just window shit. Like, I was like, what the f- well, and it's it's also interesting to see, yeah, how groups do prey on people like that. Like, I go to a lot of music shows alone, and like, right. I'm fine with that. Like, that's th- like, I'm finally. I still wish I went to that. You hit me up to go to that one concert that one time, <laughs> and that sounded. So, I was like, I'll either have the best time of my life, or I'll have the like worst best time of my life. It'll be is. interesting. I'll take yeah. you to a show sometime. Wor- worst case, I was like, worst case scenario, you'll you'll get a bit out of it. Yeah, you'll be able to make fun of some fucking metal crazy people on a podcast. Best case scenario, you, I probably would have loved it. Yeah, I like. There are a few bands that I think you'd dig. Pro- oh, definitely. Um, but yeah, so like, I go to shows alone. Like, I think I'm finally reaching a point in my life where I'm just content. Like. Content with myself and, like, content being alone and, like, doing things just because I want to do them. Yeah. It's so, like I go to shows and, like, do shit. Like, for New Year's this year, I went to Chicago to see one of my favorite bands. Where they were doing a three-night run. And, like, I don't know many people in Chicago. Like, I didn't have other plans. But I was like, I want to go do this thing. Is what I want to fucking do. So I'm going to yeah. go do it. Yeah. Um. So, like, so, yeah, I go to shows a lot. And, like, I'm visibly alone. Uh, so I went to one in Long Beach. I think this is last year. And it's my favorite band. It's a band, like, the bass player and lead singer of the band uh, came up in, like, the um, Pacific Northwest punk scene. Right. He, he was a band, in a band called CARP, which stands for Kill All Redneck Pricks. Okay. So, <laughs> so like, so they're very you much... You know, government songs. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like... The dudes are very much from like a punk, like you know, background. Yeah, you know, yeah, a, a community of like acceptance and shit like that. So like after seeing my favorite band in this like rad small venue, I'm outside smoking, and uh, this couple comes up to me and they start talking to me, and I notice they're like dancing around language a lot. But like the guy tells me like he is a band and like gives me a flyer and he's like. You know, you're not. I'm not supposed to hand out flyers for other venues, you know. But it's like that's never been a problem at venues, unless the venue you're promoting is a fucking problem. Yeah. So like, I'm looking at the flyer, and like a couple bands are ringing bells, I, but I, I think I know where this is going. But I can't. I can't connect like why I know these band names, and like they're talking about stuff like community and all this shit. And can, I'm just can, like, can, can I can I take a wild guess? Oh, here? I mean, it's it, I yeah, think yeah. it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Was it was 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 were these uh, were these uh, uh, let's say non-white folks or white folks? Oh, they were white. They were. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the thing is like he you know his band thing. Uh, he's like we have a residency at this bar and like before all these shows we're gonna have you know a little pre-party at the house and like you know you're more than welcome to come. You can bring friends. Um, you know we'll just hang out. You know it's it's good people. You know. All people from here, you know, not everywhere else. And like that was the light it clicked in my head and they must have seen the flash of realization in my eyes because they just like turned and got the fuck away. Because like I didn't even have time to be like, this music isn't for you. Yeah. Like you don't give me those records. You don't yeah. deserve. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but like, 
Yeah, it's but it is that where they're like, oh, hey, there's a lonely white dude. Like maybe right. we can like get him into our shitty organization because we need people and like and they need music. That's, well, and that's a lot. But that's also that's a lot of people who end up in hate groups who do the kind of they're not moving the needles. They're kind of they're doing they're doing the grunt work for yeah. them. They're doing the bitch work for them. They're doing the dirty work for them. And they don't believe it. They've been told that they believe in the community or, or the, the group that they have. Yeah. And I think if you have that, you, you, you put some chips in. Yeah, totally. And we've all played poker. The more chips you put in, the harder it is to fold, even when you know you're wrong for playing. Totally. And people get preyed on. And I, it, I, it's also like it's such our, uh, we live in a culture more now than ever that makes you feel shitty for not seeking validation. It's in human it's in human nature to seek validation. Yeah. But now with I think it's the the worst thing about social media. Social media wires your brain to go get validation. Totally. Get validate. Oh, what does this validation do? Nothing. The emoji will say go from saying 71 to 84, but it's going to rush all this dopamine, give you all this validation. And then at some point you go, wait, none of that was real. Yeah. And then you go, I don't actually have any real validation, right? Yeah. Now. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. It's, and like, I, his band, like his shitty fucking white supremacist was band. Was it all Nazi puns? What were the, what were the, I mean, like, I, I went to the band's Instagram, cause like, it was in Long Beach. So the entire drive back, I'm just like second guessing myself. I'm like, is that maybe that's not what it was? Maybe I was like misunderstanding. And I'm like, when I get home, I'll like check out the band on Instagram, like see what the deal is. And like the guy that was talking to me is apparently the lead singer. And there was uh, a video of him recording vocals for a track. And like the lyric in the video was, they don't care if you live or die. And it's like, who are you talking about? Yeah. Like Hillary Clinton? Right. Is, it, like, is, that, is that what your shitty Nazi rock is about? Yeah. Like, what is this? But that's why they go, they like prey on other communities because like everyone wants to listen to good music, but like turns out white supremacists and hate groups make shitty music and shitty right. art. So they have to like take shit from well, other because people. It's all it's all propaganda. Yeah. Who do you think the first uh, neo-Nazi band to make uh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself the song? Oh, man. It's going to come. Because they're going to come off it's... that idea to fill in their own ideas. Totally. They'll blame Obama, too. but they're <laughs> Of to, course. You know? It's always Obama. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to me that, like, there are all these, like, commonalities of, like, seeking any sort of like affirmation is like a human being is like such a common thing, but people don't talk about it. I know. Yeah. Like even, even the reality of like how we're all to some, not all, but like a huge percentage of the population now are driven by the validation of social media. And like, if you acknowledge it, it's like a problem. Yeah. And the, and I, I also feel like the only two real, non-taboo ways to express it is through uh, physical validation, looking looking attractive, you know, or, um, oh, fuck. What was that? 
I had thought of another one, but I forgot. I, for, I, I forgot what it was. There are very few ways that aren't taboo to talk about it. Yeah. That like, like we're now it's not taboo to talk about sexual desires, but it's still taboo to talk about the desire to be loved, the desire to be liked, the desire to, you know, family is, has never really been taboo. Like, yeah. but you know, there are so many other desires and not only they, they our desires get co-opted. Yeah. And it, it, well, and it even like, and then you, they may, and then, and then advertisers make you feel like it, you're fucked up. And the solution is eat a crunch wrap Supreme. Dude. I like I haven't had cable in I think ten years. Do you think? Can you feel a difference? It's like my mom was out here visiting a few weeks ago, and I stayed with her at her hotel, and we were just watching like animal documentaries on BBC. Yeah, but it's leading up to Christmas, so every ad, like I commented on it to my because like my mom would never pay attention to shit like this, but like I started to notice the pattern of like. Every commercial was like, show your love by buying diamonds. Show your love by buying this car. Show your love by buying pizza for the family. And it's like, is that really the low of advertising at this point? Like, it's gotten to that point where it's like, hey, the only way to really show someone you love them is to spend all this money you don't have. Yeah, no, there's there's a Taco Bell advertisement right now. And what's hilarious is I was screaming at it, and then it popped up a second time. I go, oh, fuck, I know that person. Yeah, that's another I've worked thing. with this person so many times. Yeah. Uh, not for a while, but, like, I was just screaming because it was pretty much like, duh, why would you go out on a date? You should have stayed home and eaten fucking a baked potato from Wendy's or, or whatever the fucking ad was. It was like, his dumb dick is meaningless. <laughs> Your pussy is unsatisfied. You should have eaten a fucking, you know, goddamn char burger from Carl. It's, it's like these are all filtering into our subconscious, but they're all playing off of our basic desires, and they make you feel like, oh, you're, I'm wrong. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I think marketing and advertising is kind of inherently evil. Oh, I one I I don't kind of think that. But like that's another thing that if you bring it up to people, they treat you like you're a fucking lunatic. And it's like, dude, the whole thing is built on subverting people. Well, yeah, yeah. What what it's that so no, I I know because I've t- how else will I know I'm unhappy because I I wouldn't know I'm supposed to fuck the hot girl if it wasn't for Carl's Jr. It's like if you really break it down it's like it works. Yeah. If it didn't work, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, and that's like I had a talk with a friend recently about she was saying like, but that's, you know, it only works on like stupid people or whatever. And I was like, but that doesn't make it any better. Like if you trick and take advantage of a mentally handicapped person just because you have the ability, does that mean it's okay? Like, yeah, you can like backdoor all this shit into people's brains and like implant all these ideas and shit but that doesn't mean it's okay or good yeah that that's actually yeah it's 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 not and also she sounds like a stupid person uh, <laughs> because it works on smart people you know what smart people do they don't watch the advertisements because they know it'll work on them yeah yeah because they know like you know fucking i did I, like i will catch myself going why the fuck am I craving craving Wendy's? Yeah. Why the fuck am I? And I go, 
they were showing a lot of fucking Wendy's commercials during that hockey game. Like, I just really want a Coke right now. And it's like, oh, yeah, I saw a billboard. Yeah. And it's like, like, fuck. Yeah, because you're going to get thirsty, and then your brain is a a, a fucking... It's it's just a bunch of buttons, and it's normally going to reach to the nearest one. Yeah, like the last connected... It's going to reach to habit, or it's going to reach to the last thing it saw. Yeah. And that's, you know... um, And they'll use... It, using emotion is the best way to ingrain it in your head. Totally. And yeah, and like connecting it to these desires and like hopes that we all have is like, which is, it's so evil. fucking nefarious. It's crazy. It's so evil. <laughs> yeah. It's so evil because it's also, oh, hey, hey, you, you know this flaw? You know how you don't feel this? Well, you know what'll solve it? You if you if you fucking play Candy Crush, like they hired Ryan. Go- I think it was Ryan Gosling. No, probably. Was, I don't know to to do that fucking or or whatever Toon Goons or whatever the fucking game. It, it's like <laughs> they, Ryan Reynolds. It's like they do that for a reason. Yeah, and you going it only works on stupid people. Yeah, how many stupid people have enough money to make them enough money to pay for that advertising? Yeah. Well, and, like, th- there's a level of, like, Lex's advertisements. Like, stupid people can't yeah. afford a fucking Lexus. Like, you have to have some level of your shit together, or at least your parents did, yeah. to be able to afford a Lexus. Not saying, like, there are there are plenty of smart people that are poor, and there are plenty of poor people that are rich. Totally, yeah. I but, mean, like... If you it only I mean. worked on stu- the smart thing is to not watch it. This yeah. is deviated so hard. Oh. From, <laughs> but like, no, this is. But it's also like that's okay because I think this is an important. Like, I would love to. I'd love to have someone who works high level marketing and just be able to debate the morality of what the fuck they do but in I a mean, civil way. But like, I don't. I don't. I know it's all legal. I don't understand why. If I don't really believe there's any morality behind. Do it. you think you could like get those ideas across to those people? Because like, I think at that level, they have to have bought into it so much. I've talked to people. I don't want to get too specific, but I've talked to people who work. At very high levels of what they do, and some of them are, you go blah blah blah. N- not in advertising specifically, but some of them go, yeah. There's a lot of corruption. Mm-hmm. Some of like people just because they're working at a high level, like it's a machine. Totally, it's a machine. And but sometimes like, you're like, okay, if I work against machine, just like you said about Wall Street, and like I think me and you are both of the same ilk. Where you go, fuck that. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't. But some people, once again, they put in too many chips. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck am I? I worked so hard for so many years to get into advertising, to realizing, to, to realize it, it pollutes, it pollutes minds. It makes, I think, I think advertising, people keep talking about the rise in depression. It's like, I would love it if someone did a study, someone who has the brain to do the study. Totally. Because I'm not smart enough to say this is a fact. And I'm also not smart enough to conduct the study. Someone with a fucking degree to conduct a study on the correlation between how advertisers advertisers didn't used to play on emotion, used to play on horniness. <laughs> Played on horniness yep. 
or supporting the troops. Those were the two kinds of advertising. You know, it was just like, or funny. And then it turned into, you know, Arby's is depressed. Then it turned into fucking, you know, like, doesn't it make you sad that this kid doesn't have a fucking toy? And that, that, that there seemed to be more and more what? of those. And then also, there were spikes in people's depression, people's anxiety. I'm not saying that's the only reason. There's a lot of things going on. But I would love it if someone with a fucking... Who, who, was, who did any sort of real... Someone who is not a high school dropout, someone who has a master's degree, do a study on the correlation between the change in advertisement and the spikes in, 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 in some of the mental health problems that seem to be ongoing because it's also, you know, a lot of the mental health things that seem to be going on right now, at least the things that are, are, are skyrocketing, at least the people that I see... A lot of them are yes, their mental, their mental health. They're not, they they get into it, but they don't necess, they don't live in the mental illness camp. Mental illness is very different than mental health. Yeah, and I think people mistake the two of them a lot of time. You can you can help mental health. You can if you're depressed, you can you can get out of that. It's incredibly difficult. It takes time. It's painful. It's horrible. But there is a certain there's certainty with certain mental illness that this is going on, and a lot of these skyrocketing things, I think they are fixable fucking problems. Yeah, I think they're incredibly difficult. I think some of them are chemical. You know, totally. Uh, you know, some depression is purely chemical. But then, like, but like, there is a fucking correlation. It's it's so funny. I mean, this is. Sort of tangential, but we, like we've gotten into tangents. But <laughs> you know what? These tangents excite me. So, like, even if we don't get to the thing that I knew I wanted to talk about, yeah, that's okay. I'll we we can you, get there. I'll bring you. We, we don't have to. <laughs> okay. we, don't, we already did an hour. Okay. If we just keep going on these tangents, I'll just bring you back on another time cool. if you're willing. If you want to talk For sure. about that, yeah, because these are all things that are fucking important to me. Yeah, and I gotta, I gotta fucking pray. It's interesting to someone besides you and me. I'm no. sure. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so uh, a lady that works in my office, like in the room where I work, she has three kids. Uh-huh. And um, I think it was yesterday. She was talking about um, how like kids now like joke about suicide and like that kind of stuff. Like her eight-year-old son, you know, makes jokes about suicide. She's like, I'm pretty sure it's the video games. Like I'm pretty sure like all these kids, you know, like committing suicide and doing all this stuff is because they play these video games where their characters die and there's no repercussions for the death. And like, I hear so much bullshit in my office, like all the time Uh that I just stay out of most of it. But like, that was one where I heard it and I was like, sorry, uh, as a person who's both played a lot of video games and had a serious suicide attempt, I don't think they're connected. Like, I think it's a little deeper than that. I think it is deeper than that, but I I would also say for an eight year old, if they're playing first person shooters and stuff like that, one hundred percent that's going to affect your mental health. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think that's the whole story. Yeah, but like, but then she was like talking about other behavior of the kid, and it's like it kind of just sounds like you're a shitty parent. Yeah, I I think if you're just letting your kids play video games all day, you are a shitty parent. But yeah, I mean it's it's. But it's it's funny how 
And I mean, I guess this is probably a thing that we all have. Like, we all have some level of cognitive dissonance of, like, not wanting to accept, like, our role in these things. Mm -hmm. So, like, I'm sure for her, like, if her kid's, like, acting out and, like, being violent and shit like that, it's easier for her to say, like, oh, it's these goddamn video games instead of being, like, oh, shit, we might have made some mistakes as parents. Yeah. And, like... That's what's terrifying is no one wants to accept responsibility for stuff like that. Well, and it, that's Yeah, and it's also like, here's the thing. If they're eight and they're exhibiting that behavior and you're a parent and you're allowing them to play all those video games, like, sure, let them play an hour of fucking whatever. He's a kid. And it's fun. But if you're just letting them just fucking, like, I don't know. I've heard, I've heard, weirdly, I agree with both of you on this. Yeah. And I have no real fucking argument or <laughs> like it's, you know, I've just I've heard a lot. of You know, what it is is I like I've I've heard. I've heard non-public case like I've heard non-public cases um, that uh, I don't really you know, I don't really have a ton of. I can't even get into this. If I'm being honest, I yeah, I, I should. I, this is I where just, I should backtrack. I mean, like the thing I kind of brought up to her is like that's a lazy, like target to point at, because every version of media has been blamed for kids acting out. Right. Like Marilyn Manson being blamed for like the Columbine shootings. Like, yeah. People blaming like violence on like graphic images and movies and shit like that. And it's like. There's always, but like, I'm sure there was the same shit with books, like when the printing press became a thing. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh no, yeah. these these kids are reading about these like violent ideas and like war and history. Well, and there like, was that idea about the, the the concept of reading itself. Yeah, you know, that, that was absolutely like it was it was banned unless you were like a priest or whatever yeah. in the dark ages. And I think I think the difference is uh, the, the the only difference I would say with media. With video games, with advertisements, with movies, is we are like when when we see behavior, we we mimic it in our we learn completely from seeing how other people react. Yeah, and so the main that's why we're so much of our parents is because we downloaded all of that. And if you're young, I think if you're a full fledged, if you're 21 and you want to play video games 24 seven the rest of your life. I don't give a shit. Yeah. That's that's different. You're an adult. You've earned that. But like, but being a kid and you're seeing this behavior, and if you're only channeling into that and you're not getting enough one-on-one -on -one human connection, still the parents' fault. Yeah. If you're not exploring things, if you're not going outside, if you're not learning things, and yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be mentally unhealthy. But I well yeah, and I I, <laughs> I was I was gonna make a counterpoint, but <laughs> you might be kind of right because like. Both of my parents worked, and I was their only child, so I was like a latchkey kid. So I spent right. a lot of time alone, and so I spent a lot of time as a kid, like playing video games, right? Like right. violent video games, yeah. and like reading books about like violence and stuff like that. But like, I was reading like the Animorphs book series when I was this kid's age. Sure, but like, I wasn't going out to try to like overthrow like a, an alien invasion. Sure, sure. Like, I think if there are I think people that are that deeply affected or disturbed by media uh, to the point of doing something like that, it, something else would have triggered the same thing. Sure. Well, 
possibly. I'd also argue that the intensity of our media today is like your generation, my generation. It's uncomparable. If yeah. you're a kid growing up, you were growing up with a phone in your hand. That's a screen. You can fucking play. Like people, people keep saying like, oh, there's a rise in autism. And there is. There are people. There, there has been a rise in autism and stuff. But there's also this kind of like borderline, you know, like uh, maybe he's Asperger's or maybe he's this or maybe he's that. And it's like, I think most of these people just fucking live in uh, playing. They're they're just they turn into trolls because they never had a chance to grow a personality. Yeah. Like it used to be, you know, uh, for me at least, you know, I was allowed to play video games on the weekends. I played and you know Nintendo or whatever. And then I'd, but I'd hear my parents talk to each other. I'd hear, now you can put a headset on and just block out the entire yeah. outside. And you can start at fucking three. But I mean, like, I I kind of connect to it because, like, <clears throat> I feel like my age is kind of like the, the er generation of, like, growing up like that. And not everyone, though. Because, like, right. I was a kid that lived on the internet. Like, we got our first computer when I was in, like, third grade. Yeah. And from that point on, I was just always on the computer. Sure. But I, once again, I bring up I bring up the fact that most of your... So, from when you're born, most studies that I've read... Once again, I'm not a fucking doctor. I don't really <laughs> actually know what I, I'm talking I think, about. I think people listening know that. You don't yeah, have to disclaim yeah. that. I just don't want people to be like, well, fucking... I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert. Yeah. Uh, but, like, from most of my understanding, like, most of your learned behavior comes from before you're two. Yeah. Like, something like, I don't even want to, I'm not even going to say a number because I know it'll be wrong, but most of it. Yeah. And then it, the windows get smaller and smaller every year for you to develop. And you're always learning, you're always growing, but it, it becomes more difficult, it becomes more. So, even just third grade, that's still quite that's a, a ways bit different. Well, and, and, like, I, I've seen... Like people in my office bringing their kids to work, and they're just on their phones. They're on they, the iPads. Dude, there was one. It's weird. Right? The kid was there for the full day, like whole eight hour work day. The only time the kid spoke was when the battery on the phone died. Right. And the rest of the time he was just did locked that in. Look where he like woke up from a dream. Totally. It was like yeah. he clicked on. Yeah. It was that's, crazy. That's not good for mental no. health. No. And I've seen that with it's, multiple kids. Yeah. And if you're an adult doing that, because sometimes I do it, you know. You, yeah. You, you need to Because we get tricked the same fucking way by yeah. this stupid shiny screen. Yeah. But like it's, but, but like the, I, and that comes down to like, yeah, you know, you say you play a lot of video games. Fucking, used to. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> but you're used to. Yeah. But like. You when you, you you're you're an adult you have your brains formed yeah you have some grasp on your own morality you have some grasp on how you handle social interactions with other human beings you have some grasps on what is right and what is wrong and you won't just see something on a screen and go oh so that's how I behave yeah and that's that's uh, that's where I think the I think it's with. I don't think I'm not I'm not one of those fucking super liberal people who are like they should ban all violent video games. That's that's not what I'm saying, but I I I do believe that it's for sure going to affect the kid if that's all you're letting him do. Yeah. You know, that yeah. world is easy. He he doesn't know how to really operate in the real world. That's true. 
you know, and and this is at least in my day, you had to use command line to install the video. I know, game. Yeah, you, you have to have fucking dial up. You have to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> Uh, if you wanted to play with your friends, you'd have to take a bus. Like you know, it's, yeah, you know, there, there you didn't even have Uber. You, you know, so. but and like we could say back in our day because I think I'm younger than you. I'm 31. Okay, so I'm 26. Yeah, like I'm just looking like 18 year olds now, and this is how fast we're moving. I'm going. Fucking when I was your age, yeah, that wasn't that long no, ago. Eight years ago for you. I'm thinking like an old it's man. Crazy. I'm fucking twenty six. But I mean, like, I also think, like, we kind of. I think there are a lot of people that give up. Like they hit like eighteen and they're like, "This is the person I am now." Yeah. But I think like people that continue to mature and grow, like you kind of become like an adult in the person you are around like 25, 26. Uh-huh. Like that's when you really like kind of <sighs> like in the people I've known and like in my personal experience, like that's kind of like that's the point where you really start to solidify. So like right. at that point, looking back, you're just like, what the fuck is everyone doing? Yeah. You said like 25, 26. Yeah. Well, I think... This is just the vibe I'm getting. I feel like this age is like, okay, the the data has been downloaded, and I have to organize it in a way that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, real quick, I have to respond to this phone call. Do you mind if we put this on pause? Real sure. Quick? I also have to go to the bathroom. Right, right, right. And right. where we end? Yeah, we're back. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. But yeah, I like. I think that thing with like, Specifically kind of that age of like mid twenties. Uh huh. I think it's it's like a cultural treadmill thing where like everyone kind of goes through that. And that's like the first point where you don't feel like a kid. Yeah. Like that's when you're an adult. Right. It's like mid twenties. So that's when you first start to have the separation from like youth. Right. And then the older you get, the farther you get away from it and the less the current youth makes sense to you because like it's a contrast from your experience. Right. So like so I think like the the trope of like you know like the old curmudgeon, you know, who just like hates the youth, like we're all kind of on some level of that path because it's just that constantly changes. Right. And like our experience of that does not change. Right. But I think the, the speed to which it is just unrelatable, True. it's like already starting yeah. to happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, but it's also crazy that like to be old enough where the stuff that was my childhood is now like retro stuff. That like '90s culture is now like retro and like '90s fashion and stuff like that. Yeah, but it makes sense because like the '70s were that when I was a kid. Right. So like that's just the time frame, and like I think it's hard to step back and have perspective on like oh no, this is just what everyone experiences because it's another thing that like no one really talks about. Like no one really talks about like have you hit the point yet? Like, I think around your age was when I had the, like, waves of realization that, like, when you're a kid, we mentioned a little bit, like, your parents are your source of information. Yeah. So, like, you, it's not expressed, but there's a level of, like, 
your parents being infallible, this like ultimate source of information. And then at least in my experience and like other people I've talked to around my mid twenties, I hit a point where I was like, Oh shit. My parents are just people. Yeah. Yeah. And then like extrapolating that to like every adult that I've ever dealt with in like a position of power, they were just people and people don't have anything figured out. Like no one is certain of anything. Yeah. No, I, I, I no, I've, I've hit all the, I think I hit a lot of those realizations fucking like young. Yeah. Like way too young. Yeah, and that's tough like, too. I, I started thinking about this shit when I was like fourteen, and yeah. then some of it, like I knew it, but now because it takes years to really like totally. understand it. I remember as a kid complaining to my parents that like, yeah, everyone just has no grasp on anything, and it, they just seem like a, there's no organization, and they seem unkind and they don't seem to have a good grasp of empathy and I'm like sixth grade yeah they I I don't think they really understand I don't think they I don't think they get it and my mom was like yeah yeah, but when you get older you'll meet more people who have those things and then I got older I was like no those kids just got older yeah they just didn't have those things totally whatever gripe it was and i think i mean and that's part of the reason i started this podcast is because i like I, you know I, I like there's a part of me that was like i don't really think people change yeah and what's fortunate about this podcast is i realized like that was a fucking ignorant thing to think and people do change but not everyone not will. everyone does but like and i think that's an important thing is like to allow yourself to change yeah and like like we mentioned earlier i think a lot of people and like where I'm from, a lot of people have kids young. Like, we right. had crazy high teen pregnancy rates. So, like, well, that's... there's nothing to do in Dakota. No, no. No, people just get hammered and have kids. I've done shows not in Dakota, but those kinds of places. I've, I've, I've you know, population fucking, you know, there's, there's no one there. And yeah. you're the thing to do. Yeah. Both yeah. on and off stage. Like, you're, <laughs> yeah. that, you're it. Yeah. You're the only new... Th- everything else will be exactly the same. Exactly in, the in, same. In three years. And, like... But, like, so... I I kind of feel like I, I lucked out by being, like, an awkward, weird kid and, like, not... Like, my first kiss, I was, like, 17. Yeah. You know, like, all those kinds of things where I always felt behind. But it's like, hey, if I would have been on path with everyone else, I might have had a kid at 16. And then never had the ability to, like, grow and become a person that I would want to be. Right. Because, like, when you have that responsibility of a child, like, you don't have the time and energy to be like, what do I want to do? Yeah. Like, what is my life going to look like? Like, you have to take care of this other fucking human being. Right. So, like, so there is, you know, that aspect of, like, you know, examining people and being like, I yeah, maybe your circumstances just ended up not being where you could like continue to focus on. But then there are people in those situations that do also choose to like continue to grow and evolve as a person. Like, yeah, I, you know, it's yeah. As many of those kids that ended up never changing, there are also a bunch of those kids who I've found out. Yeah. They, they changed a lot and changed in a positive way, but some people, you know, uh, and some of some of them, their changes they just chilled out. Yeah, 
They still have all those things. They just fucking now it's it's on a chill level. And some of them genuinely change. And some of them are just the same child that you met when you were a child. Yeah. And when you seem like a fucking mess, you seem like you don't care to figure anything out. And that that was exactly right. But that doesn't, you know, but yeah, no, it doesn't mean it's everybody. Yeah. But it's like similar to like your thoughts as a kid about like other people don't seem to be thinking about things like I had like an understanding of like what people wanted to hear. And I was also like short on patience. So like, so I have like I went to a Catholic school. Uh, th- like first through seventh grade. Right. And a couple times a year we would have like an all school mass where like, you know, kindergarten through seniors in high school, everyone would be in an auditorium together and usually the bishop would conduct mass. Uh, but this year I was in like fourth grade and the bishop was busy. So it was the Monsignor, which is like the dude below the bishop. Monsignor? Monsignor. Monsignor, Monsignor McPhee. Like cheese. <laughs> Monsignor McPhee. I'll remember him forever. That, that sounds like a cheese company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so the week of the all school mass, Monsignor McPhee went around to like the different classrooms and like talked to the kids. Yeah. And. Like, I remember, like, we were all sitting on the floor of the classroom around the Monsignor, and he's talking to us, and he asked the class, like, who is your hero? Like, they're fourth graders, so, like, kids are saying, like, football players, you know, my dad, my uncle, like, all that kind of shit. But, like, I had this moment where even as a kid, I'm like, he's waiting for an answer, and the answer he wants is Jesus. So, like, let's just get this over with. Yeah. So like I raised my hand and I was like, Jesus. And he was like blown away. Like it was this, like fucking watershed moment for like Catholicism. And then a couple days later, I'm at the high school for this like all school mass. And, um, you know, they do the gospel and he's getting to a sermon. And in his sermon, he's talking about like going around to all the classrooms and like talking to the kids. And he was like, I was in Mrs. Schumacher's fourth grade class. And. I asked the kids who their hero was. And this young man raised his hand and said, Jesus Christ is my hero. Like portraying it as if it was this like fucking crazy moment. Yeah. And he's like, then he's like, would that young man please come forward? So it's like all the kids from all the schools, their parents (laughs) and everyone. And I have to walk through this auditorium filled with people applauding. And the entire time I'm walking up, I'm thinking, like, I just said what he wanted. Yeah. And, like, that feeling of being, like, a fraud as a kid was, like, this kind of, like, weird, overwhelming moment. And But also just, like, not understanding, like, how no one else got, like, that's what he wanted to hear. Like, that's why he was asking the question. Right. And, like... So, yeah, so I get having those things as a kid where you're just, yeah, like... how did no one else pick up on... Yeah. Like, dude, he's in the robes. (laughs) He wears the big hat. What answer did you think he... You thought he was just curious? Yeah. Yeah, no, those are the thoughts that always got me in trouble because I I would... I would... I would have those realizations, but I was a kid who would have gone, okay, can I just say, I know you want me to say Jesus. 
here's why I think that's fucked up. And then this third grader, and more, I was more articulate back then. This, and then as a third grader, fucking tell them why, what, why I didn't believe what they believed, and the, 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 the overlook on the effects of your thinking and what you're searching. And I was like a little kid. I give these lectures. <laughs> To these adults in like grocery stores, like my parents remind me all the time. We, you'd go missing. We'd look for you, and you were arguing with this old lady about the existence of God. You were you were seven, and that's like, rad my, as fuck. Yeah, but I was that kid, and I've chilled out. Obviously, see, I, I hit that but, at about fourteen. See, by fourteen, I was on. I was on the other stuff. <laughs> fourteen, I was. I was. Yeah, then, then I went through my... Uh, 14 was the beginning of my whole nihilism fucking... I mean, that's... Yeah, like 14, yeah. 15 is where my nihilism hit. But, like, we we had moved to a different town, so I was no longer in Catholic school. So we had uh, CCD, which is, like, you know, the church class. Like, every Wednesday evening yeah. during the school year, you go and, like, volunteer parents, like, teach you shit about the Bible. But I was like a smart ass kid who had gone to Catholic school and was like a smart kid in Catholic school. And these are volunteer parents that like don't know, like they've never read the fucking Bible. Yeah. So they would teach stuff and then I would raise my hand and correct them like according to like the doctrine of Catholicism and then continue to go on to say like why that doesn't make sense in reality. And from seventh grade to my senior year in high school all but one of my teachers quit or were fired after having me really <laughs> yeah i was a nightmare i was a terror yeah but it was like i didn't want to be there yeah and like i like stopped believe like i had always struggled with the concept of god but like stopped believing like full stop in like freshman or sophomore year in high school and, like, from that point on is when I was a real nightmare because then I had an agenda because I was this, like, fucking prick nihilist kid in a small town in South Dakota. Like, my high school was, like, 900 students, and I was the only person that would openly identify as an atheist, and I would get, like, shit for it all the time. Yeah. It's, like... And, like, from people that were scumbags. Like, right. Like, there was a dude who... Uh, he would, yeah, he's sitting there going, how are you going to get ahead if you don't believe in God while he's punching his girlfriend dude, in the stomach? Like, he would take booze to parties but didn't drink, and he would just get girls drunk and take advantage of yeah. them. And that's Saturday night, and then Monday morning at school, he's telling me that I'm going to hell because I don't believe in God. And it's yeah. like, dude, do you even understand what's going on? Yeah, well, I think that's why, because I was raised Buddhist, I think that's why I was so guns blazing about it as a kid, because fucking kids would fucking make fun of it yeah. and pa parents parents would jump down my throat and i was like all right time to read up and get fucking you know get better at them at their own game and then but at I, a certain point you realize like oh they they're not they're not actually thinking no. a lot of the time some of them are some of them are very intelligent and very but articulate like, and very much but very much believe yeah, and but a lot, most of them are just kind of fall doing what they told. Like I wonder, like I think a lot of it is just like fear and discomfort, mm -hmm. because like a lot of people don't want to rock like those boats specifically. Yeah, and like if they do get into that territory, they have to be comfortable. Like 
I have this very specific memory of the night of my eighth grade graduation. Uh, a group of us like spent the night at this kid John Bisson's house, like big house. You know, he had like foosball table, ping pong table, everything in the basement, like all that shit. So everyone's just like hanging out, and I was always the last kid to sleep at sleepovers. Like I was always the one like. Like, there's a thing. People are around. Like, we got to, like, get as much juice out of this as we can. Um, so, like, I would always be the one up having the, like, punchy late night conversations. Right. And that night was the first conversation, like, we all had about, like, the idea of God and, like, eternity and infinity and, like, all these concepts and just, like kind of starting to get into like, hey, a lot of this like religion stuff doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it was just like for eighth graders, like a profound conversation. But that was like the start of it for me. Right. You know? And then was just the conversation. Yeah. And then like after high school, like after we had graduated high school, it's like five or six years later, talked to like one of those dudes and he's like, Do you remember when we had that conversation? Like after eighth grade graduation? I was like yeah. He's like, that was pretty cool. It's like, dude, you can just do that. Yeah. Like, you can just think about those things. Yeah. But, like, I, I think people are uncomfortable with, like, scratching at the corners of their reality. Yeah. Well, it's because it sucks. Yeah. It's painful. Yeah. It's Scratching was, like, I think that was the perfect fucking, you know, verb. It, it or wait, would that be an advert? That's a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's scratch. I I always fuck those up. But yeah, <laughs> the, that the perfect word there. You can't refute that, people, because it's it's like it it is painful. You're yeah. digging at something, but it's not pain free. Yeah, and a lot of people. Once again, I'm speaking in so many generalizations. I mean, also negatives we're... about people. Yeah. I'm trying not to have that refl- be my world too much. It's just I, I worry about coming off too cynical, but like as as I lead into what I'm about to say, most people are cowards. Yeah. Most people are afraid of pain. Most people are afraid of suffering. Most people are afraid of, you know, uh, death. Most people are afraid of, most people are afraid of life. Most people are, most people are these major fears. But they don't confront. But there's still the curiosity. Because that's the thing. Like, if they all just, like, shut it out. Right. Like, that's one thing. But that, like, years later, that was still, like, an important thing for that person. Yeah. Was fascinating that, like, why didn't you just keep going? Right. You didn't need me there. Totally. Exactly. You could have just done this alone. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's one of my issues with school is school is a place where you go and someone else tells you what to think. Yeah. Or how to think. And you gain knowledge that way. And that's very valuable. That is a very valuable thing. It's a very important thing. It's why there should be good teachers. It's why, you know, all of that. But it's like there is no there there, in that structure. There's not a ton of room for people to learn how to learn on their own. Yeah. Or just to think. Yeah. Like, but I mean, like, so. I have a half sister with three kids. Uh huh. Fourth on the way. Uh, she's homeschooling. I get it. She's fucking. All right, <laughs> Just one dude. Yeah. yeah. Probably average. Yeah. Very religious. Gotcha. Oh, okay. So 
like very religious, homeschooling the kids. They bought a house in the country. So now the only interactions her kids have with other kids are church-related functions. Right. And, like, school sucks. Like, school's not fun. It's a fucking nightmare time in everyone's life. Yeah. But it teaches you, like, I think the most important part of school is it teaches you how to be around other people and how to interact with other people. Right. And, like, there is this stuff of, like, how to learn, but, like, jobs are jobs. Like, you do the shit, like, you know, while you do the shit. Like, the yeah. stuff you learn in school isn't, like applicable to most jobs and like most things you do. In life. Right. It's the, the idea of learning, but mostly just learning that like the world sucks. The people around you suck, but you got to figure it out. Yeah. And like, so for How me, how long is she going to homeschool for? I think the oldest one is like getting the high school age and I don't think she's going to let him go to high school. Like yeah. it's super frustrating. Cause I, I was, I was homeschooled until sixth grade. And I actually think homeschooling is good to a to a point. And yeah. this is look, it's gonna range, but from my experience, from what I've seen, looking at how my siblings are doing, I genuinely think if you're gonna homeschool, don't have them go to school and then bring them back. Yeah. If you're gonna homeschool them, homeschool them until either they have an interest in going to to school or fourth grade. I think fourth grade is the magical grade. Yeah. Because they're just as much they're 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 they've look whatever morality you have you they'll have an understanding of it mm -hmm. they'll have an understanding of you know that things are difficult you know when you're in first grade kindergarten like you you're still figuring it out yeah you know you can ease them that and then after that shit's gonna get weird yeah totally that's that's always that's kind of just been that's always, look do I have science to back this theory. No, but <laughs> as someone who was homeschooled, I like enjoy my years with my, but there is a, there's a certain cutoff yeah. where you're just kind of the wolves socially. It's going to take so much longer to figure out. And I really think that magical number is fourth grade. Yeah. Don't know why. We had like evangelical kids that were homeschooled until sixth grade. So they came in at seventh grade. That was yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. And like, and there was like. They were just behind on socialization because yeah. like because they just hadn't been around people. So like so that's such a bummer to me to think about like my nieces and nephews like reaching adulthood, like reaching like college age. Like, can you imagine if you had been homeschooled like until you were 18 and then you have to go out in the world? Yeah, I think that's. uh yeah, that, that 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 seems bad. Yeah, I mean, and like, for me, I met those kids because they're homeschool activities. <laughs> oh homeschool no, activities. Oh, oh. <laughs> and even even as a kid, I was like, all right, you guys seem like fucked up socially. Yeah, I didn't realize how fucked up I was socially, because now these were the kids that I was like learning from, and they yeah. were learning from me. Yeah, I remember. It, but basically, the homeschool activities is everyone pull out these plastic lightsabers. Star Wars was all the craze. We just beat the shit out of each other for several hours <laughs> until finally one of the kids held 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 it at the lightsaber part and then swung the hilt at a different kid oh, and no. busted his fucking face. Was it that hard plastic? And then yeah. And then and then they got into a different thing. But yeah, it's like But like I, I think 
school and specifically like high school is where you learn how to start to be the person that you're going to be. Right. Like for me, it was realizing like, Hey, all this shit's bullshit. Like most of what they're teaching me doesn't matter. Like the books they're trying to get me to read. I already read like, and I'm fucking bored with all of this. Right. So for me, school was like, how do I get around all of this? Yeah. Like I was kind of of the mind is like, of like, Homework is for people that need homework. Right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I mean, like, and that's like, I have a pretty good job now, like on just like skills I picked up and like figured out on my own. And like, so I think realizing that the education system wasn't for me was the benefit of me being in that education system. Like, yeah. Figuring out how to learn stuff on my own. And, like, how to develop skills on my own and, like, do the shit and pursue the shit that I want to do. Because, like, no one's just going to give it to you. Yeah. So, like, so, yeah, I don't know. I, like, yeah, I just feel bad for my nieces and nephews for, because, like, their whole human experience is going to be colored by that. Right. Like, if they have no idea how to, like, interact with the world and then, like, can you, like... If you're homeschooled until you're 18 and then you're just at a college party. Yeah. Like everyone's going to take advantage of you and fuck with you because like you're going to be so far behind everyone and it's going to be like on your face. And to the people who are going to fuck with you as credit is going to be hilarious. Totally. It's going to be very (laughs) funny. It's going to be like you're going to (laughs) be such a golden lining in their lives. Because you're going to have no idea no. what's going on. Yeah. It is going to be really fucking funny. Yeah. But, but yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's. But yeah, so like I learned to be the weirdo that's like I constantly have like different interests and different things I'm fixated on. And then I like figure out how to approach those things and deal with those things. Yeah. But like not everyone's going to be that person. Right. And, like, the people that were going to be, you know, just, like, standard, like, have a job and a wife and kids, like, they were on that path, like, in high school, you right. know, and they were learning how to, like, go towards that life. Yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah, it all sucks, but it's, like, it's how we socialize and, like... Well, it's interesting because I feel like we're, me and you, me and you have, we have some, we have, we have enough similarities where, like, okay... I'm just wondering if this, this like, if you identify with this in high school, you're okay. You're, you know, you see these similarities and these patterns. You go, okay, you're going to be this. You're going to be that. You're going to be this. Mm-hmm. That. And then you think, and you go, where the fuck do I fit in all this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was tough. That was the struggle of, like, never really feeling. And, I mean, I think that's part of the, like, what we talked about from the start, the the quest of, like, finding a tribe. Yeah. Is, like, that started with the isolation of high school. With, like, the amount of times I was standing in a group of people talking and I would say something and no one would acknowledge that I spoke. Right. And, like, feeling, like, and feeling that in, like, every group I was in. Like, but... If it wasn't for that difficulty, like, I wouldn't have grown into the person that I am now. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have had to, like, work on myself and, like, figure shit out. Right. So, like, I don't know. I, I think, to like, like everything, to a degree, adversity and, like, 
isolation and difficulty and stuff as a kid, like makes you a better adult. You don't want to fucking peak in high school. Like yeah. I, I think having a great high school experience is bad for people. Yeah. Just one of those dudes who's walking around thinking is great that fucking just has dumb opinions and no. Yeah. Yeah. And like, is always retelling the story of like their game winning touchdown they scored when they were a junior in high school. And it's like, have you done anything since then? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, I, I think a lot of it and just life in general, it's like the Steve jobs gave a commencement speech at Stanford in like 2005 where he talked about like all these different experiences in his life and only looking back could he realize like how they all connected to like build him to the point he needed to be to like start his company and develop all of his shit. Like, so it can only be understood like after the fact and like the pain can, and you know, the pain and struggles and shit can only be really processed after the fact. But like, yeah, I, I think another thing that people should be told and like taught is that, like, struggles will help you in the long run. Like, everything sucks now, but, like, it makes you stronger. Like, having to, like, figure out who you are. Having yeah. to, like, figure out what you believe. And, like, makes you stronger. Yeah, because, gives like... You character. Totally. And, like, makes you truly believe because you've had to think about it. And, like, it... it all, like, the people we're friends with, and, like, all the cool people I've known and like really identified with none of them had a great high school or youth experience. They all struggled, yeah. but then they became like rad, like unique creative adults that are like doing shit differently and like right. living their life on their terms. This actually, this goes full circle into, <laughs> to what's the thing we talked about before is uh, I think that's that is our frustration with comedy right now is it's being infiltrated by not that random person. Yeah. Is fucking people wanting to be corporate shills for you know and it's uh and haven't really gone through very much and haven't had the insight and they aren't very creative. Yeah. And it's it's uh it can't it can't stay that way. I hope the money goes away in comedy so that so do they. Yeah. <laughs> and I can be I'd rather be poor with the old kind of person than poor with this kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, and you know, like as we talked about with uh like before we started recording, yeah. People in other art forms are dealing with the same type of shit. So yeah. so if you're listening and like you're frustrated with fucking rich kids getting all the opportunities or like getting shit that like just having the freedom to like do the shit that you're trying to do, like just keep working because yeah. like they don't have anything to say. Well, they don't have anything to say, and it's also like there is there some of them do though. Some of, some of, of them some there are some rich kids who like genuinely are creative and fucking totally. like there were some renaissance painters them. that came from great like families not talk about that yeah yeah but what you know the the other thing is like i think the frustration i always try to keep in mind is like yeah they're 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 occupying space yeah they're gonna be but they also don't get the same kind of like they're not creating for the sake of creating they are creating the cell. They are personality to sell. They are this to sell, that to sell. 
blah, 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 blah. There's nothing left of them. Yeah. There's a lot left of me. Yeah. And I get to do what they do better than most of them. And I, I've, I've compromised nothing to a fault. Yeah. And I probably should learn to compromise more. But let's be honest. I'm not going to figure out how to do that. Yeah. And you're uh, older than two. Your behavior patterns are already in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is a nice little loop. We, we, we yeah. This, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think. I don't think. <laughs> oh, boy. The listeners won't even know how full circle that went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we loop back to conversation that started before we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. Before we started recording. But this was this is just like. It was such a great this I mean you you've listened to a couple episodes yeah, yeah. before different than a normal leaving the tribe and I kind of said this on the break I was like I'd rather just continue this conversation totally. and the thing that I like was really excited to talk to you about just have you back on and get into that story cuz I want to give it the full totally. fucking thing but I like you know I crave this kind of conversations yeah. I'm fine with this podcast <laughs> yeah. being these conversations cuz it's all exploring the themes with the reasons I wanted to get from, the, like, this is the whole point of the show. Totally. You know, so, like, I didn't want to cut you off to be like, well, okay, let's rewind back to <laughs> the year was 2013. And, like, I didn't want to do that yeah. because it that defeats the whole purpose. Is like, this is. No, this is great. I think I, 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 I don't think I knew it, but I think I was craving this kind of conversation. And I have these kinds of conversations with Keith and stuff, but he can only fucking handle so much of me blabbing about the idea you're like and we're on the same page but i think at a certain point i just go i just scream at these fucking brick walls and eventually i think that i'm gonna kill keith just by <laughs> my own fucking insanity trying to process all this shit and so it was it was so fucking cool to have this kind of conversation yeah, i love this even shit. though this is not what i was expecting the podcast <laughs> to be yeah. I fucking loved this. Yeah, this is great. I love this, and I really do hope that you'll come back of course. and open up, because I'm sure we'll get into more tangents involving that and yeah. all that. I don't even want to spoil anything <laughs> for anybody, because you could also come back and then you pop up with I can tell you have a bunch of stories, oh, yeah. the multiple Brents, and, <laughs> yeah. and I don't. if we end up doing a different story instead of the one that I want to get to... Fuck it, we'll do that one. Yeah. But this is this was this was this was this was phenomenal, man. And I'm I'm so glad. Look, look, I don't care what anyone thinks of this episode. I'm so glad you came over. And we just got to talk for a while. Yeah, man. This is awesome. This is, awesome. This is great. It's and great we gotta, for me we gotta too. hang out. I gotta go outside more, man. I really <laughs> do. I really do, man. Thank you so much. Where where can people find you on social media? Uh, Instagram and Twitter. I am Brent Schmidt. I'm not super active, so don't feel obligated to follow me. <laughs> yeah, at I am Brent Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you, it, yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, but follow him anyway, or follow me. Fuck you. Yeah, no, this, <laughs> this episode wasn't about you. I think I, I, I think I really just needed. This is the most fun I've. It's not even fun, but this is just like it's uh. I haven't been podcasting much. Yeah, and I think I just I think I just really need this, and uh, I just just I I could tell you this off mic, but I guess I am selling fucking whatever. I am very appreciative you were able to come over, man. Yeah, man, yeah. I'm glad you had me. This is great. No, yeah, and I definitely want you to come back. We'll we'll figure it out. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right.